I want us in this atmosphere. I, I was aware that as I just walked onto the platform, the Lord said to me, it's going to break chains today uh, and remove it out of families' life, patterns, cycles, systems, whatever the devil has tried to do, tried to achieve. And I, I want to go to a scripture, and guys, it's not on any of my things, so just go with me to a scripture, Ephesians chapter number 6. And verse number 13, I believe it is. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 13. I think it's verse number 13. Yeah. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 13. And I, and I want us just to, to hear, the, hear the word of the Lord this morning because I believe that God wants to help us. God wants to change us. God wants to move things out of our lives and back as He designed them to be. Are you there? The, I really believe that the Lord wants to restore people. He wants to save people. He wants to help people. And more importantly, I believe that, that God uh, doesn't just want to heal you. He wants to make you whole. Amen. And uh, if we can go there to Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 13. I just want you to see that scripture. It says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse number 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I want to go back to verse 13. It says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to have stand in the evil day. Please note that singular. And having done all to stand, verse number 14. Stand therefore, having girded your ways of truth. I want you to see the scripture. The Bible says, and in the evil day. Verse 13, I just want to read it again. Um, there is great importance here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand in the evil day. Please note that. Just keep the scripture for me up. I want you to see something here. The Bible says, in the evil day. Evil day is singular. It is not plural. Are you guys with me? And I believe that the Lord wants to let you know today that there might have been a day that the enemy has come into your life. But a day cannot become a season. And a season cannot become a year. And a year cannot become a life sentence. And I felt the Lord say to me this morning, I have to say this so that we can get people free in this day and in the second service. And I want to encourage you, it doesn't matter how long we will lay hands, but this must be the day of freedom and this must be a day of deliverance for you. That you and your household may be free. Because I believe that you are such people that God can use you as the catalyst in your family to bring about the change because you believe God, you've trusted God and you've stood on the Word of the Lord. And again, I want to say, please see that there's many people that they are suffering under cycles and patterns and onslaughts. And I believe the Lord is saying to me this morning that in the evil day that the enemy has robbed, take back the day, take back what he has taken because God says, I'm a restorer. I, I am the recompense and I am the one that doesn't just restores. I'm the one that redeems. I'm not just the one that redeems. I'm the one that recovers and I'm not just the one that recovers. I want to be the one that brings you back to a place of wholeness. And I felt the Lord say to me this morning, I must speak to you as men here. 
And I want to challenge you, and it was not what I had planned to share. I wanted to speak to you about marriages um, and go into depth in that. But I felt the Lord say to me that I have to speak to the men here and I have to tell you that you are the catalyst of change in your family. You are the catalyst of change in your community and you are the catalyst of change in a society. It starts with the men. Because when God made you, the Bible makes it very clear. When God made you, He made you as a foundation. He made you as a source. The Bible says right back in the book of Genesis, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. The word Abba there, or the word Father, that the Scripture refers to time and time again. The word Abba means source. Whatever is linked to the Father is resourced by Him who is the source. Can I say that again? God is the foundation. The Father is the foundation. As God is the foundation of our lives, fathers are the foundation of their families. Fathers is the foundation and men are the foundation of households. That is why the enemy is so vehemently attacking men. Because if you get a man out of the picture, you get the foundation out of the picture. Oh, come on. Are you okay in power? And the enemy has been very strategic to remove men and to remove what God has created men to be. Come on, is there anybody here with me? And I felt the Lord say to me this morning that He wants to reintroduce men to become themselves. Because even though we have highly potential, highly gifted, highly skilled women and I know that there is many of you here that you are highly skilled highly gifted highly talented you have not been designed to be the foundation you have been designed by the Lord to be the helper come on guys are you there and just because you could do it doesn't mean you have to do it and now we can of course say but what about the single ladies here listen you have a husband his name is Jesus So don't be concerned because a man can't bring wholeness. Jesus brings wholeness. I want to say to every couple that is here, you are not the answer to your spouse. Jesus is the answer to your spouse. Jesus is the solution to your spouse. Jesus can bring the wholeness. Jesus can bring the healing. You can't do it. But I felt the Lord say to me this morning that the catalyst of change has to be the man. It, is, it starts with you to raise up a new time, a new dispensation, a new season. It starts with us. We are the kings, the priests, the prophets. It sounds like all terminology, it's not. We are the ones that, that demonstrates Jesus to our families. We are the ones as prophets that goes to God, go and hear from God and tell our families what God is saying. We are the ones that are priests that represents our families to the Lord. It starts with the man. Come on guys, are you with me? It starts with us. If it's not going to start with the men, where is it going to start? We need people, we need men back into the presence. Because God designed Adam. When He designed Adam, He took Adam right in the presence and He made Adam in the presence. I want to tell you this morning, one of the greatest failure of masculinity is not to get more muscles. However, the greatest failure of masculinity is a failure of being in the presence. Because a man cannot be a man unless he's a man in the presence. 
There isn't some, something like real men without the presence. No, you are the best version of you in the presence. Because everything that you are and everything that you have and everything that you are created to be is in the presence. You cannot find it in intellectualism. You cannot find it in cognitive ability. You cannot find it in your work. You cannot find it in your skill. You'll never find it there, gentlemen. You'll find your passion and your purpose in the Lord, your God, who is your source. I'll say it again. Happiness is not outside of God. Joy is in the Lord. You've been called to love your life in the Lord. And here's the thing, gentlemen, if you live a life hidden in the presence, you're going to take your family to the presence and you're going to take your children to the presence and you're going to take your future to the presence. The only thing that the devil is after is getting you out of the presence because if you are out of the presence, your family will get out of the presence and your family will get out of the design of the Lord. Listen to me this morning. It is time for men to be examples of the presence. You ask me how? Be a worshiper of the Lord your God. Be a person, a man that studies the Word of the Lord. Do the Word of the Lord. Scriptures tells us, James 1.22, Do not be hearers, do what it says. Starts of the man. We have got too many men that are confused who they are. We have got too many men that find their purpose in their jobs. You can't find your identity in your job. You find your identity in the Lord your God. You are what He has sourced you to be. Your identity is in your Creator. Come on guys, are you there? And the Lord said to me as I stood here, the Lord said to me, the chain can break if you make a stand. I'll say it again. The pattern can cease if you make a stand. God is looking for someone. The eyes of the Lord goes to and fro, searching the earth, looking for somebody that will say yes to Him, looking for anybody that will agree with Him. I say it again. The eyes of the Lord is running to and fro over the earth, looking for anybody that can make a stand and say to here it goes and no further. God is looking for men that can stand up in their families and say, we will love the Lord our God and this household will serve the Lord and will love the Lord and will do His commandments and will be obedient. Oh, come on. I tell you, revival happens in family first before it happens in communities. And this is not me shouting, this is me telling you passionately that there's a God in heaven that is looking for a man to agree with Him about the destiny and the future of His family. He's looking for somebody to say yes. Long before there was an Eve, there was an Adam. Come on guys. Long before a woman can be brought into the picture, a man has to be brought into the presence. Man was created to be in the presence because that's how God made us. Are you there? And in the presence, we discover identity. In the presence, we, we discover purpose. Come on. In the presence, we discover potential. Cannot find your identity in your work. Cannot find your identity in money. Cannot find your identity in your friends. It's not there. 
they are not the source. Jesus said, seek me first and all things shall be added unto you. What does that mean? It means that He doesn't just want to fulfill your needs, He wants to fulfill your wants. But many people are enslaved to an inferior God. I'll say it again. Many men that are sitting here, your families are enslaved. They're wanting you to stand up. And not standing up in criticism or critique. Because a lot of people are very critical. I see a lot of men, they think because they have some sort of success in this world, they can criticize. Hey, watch your tongue. Watch your tongue. Because that same success, God can take it to you like that. Be careful of pride. Lucifer lost his place. Son of the morning, gone out. Why? Prideful heart. Get out of here. God says, be humble of heart. I lift you up. And again, I say it starts, listen to me, gentlemen. You're the doorway of godliness to your family. You're the doorway of righteousness. You're the doorway of success. It starts with you that worship the Lord. Because if you do, you are, you are creating a pattern. You are creating a stage for your family to walk in. Your family will look at you and they'll follow you. You're an empowered church and I want to salute the ladies this morning. I want to salute women that are here serving the Lord. And there's no man next to you. You are showing bravery. You are showing courage. You are showing ferocity. You are showing that you have what it takes. Come on, and, and it's the truth. It's sad to say it, but it's, it's the truth. Sometimes we see the women walking in front. This is not how it should be. We should see men loving Jesus. Men worshiping Jesus. Men falling in love with their King. And women will follow the man that loves the King. But sadly, this world has given us such bad examples of what world, what mainly, what to, what what it means to be a man. Come on, guys, are you there? And God wants to redeem that. And He wants to say, "No, come to me. I have the design. I have the blueprint. I can show you. But come back to me. I'm the source. I'm the one that made you." Come on, guys, can, I, can we just get an amen or something in this place this morning? Again, I say the chain breaks with you. And I'll, and I'll wrap it up in, in, in three simple things that I, I want us to understand this morning. And I want you to have clarity in your heart this morning. God wants to redeem families. Because revival looks like family. You can ask me, Pastor, what do you mean by that? What, what does it mean? It means it starts at the family. Before it starts in the community, before it starts in your business, it starts with your house. Your first service to the Lord your God is to your family. The priorities of the kingdom is kingdom first, then family, then work. You don't work first, you have family first, then you work because you have family. It's right what I'm saying. Because the whole Bible is summarized in two words, kingdom and family. Your family is the kingdom. Your, the kingdom can only be demonstrated through a family. That's why it's not called the body of individuals. It's called the body of Christ. That's why each member here sitting here this morning, you are dependent on the person next to you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I'm sorry to say, but God does not 
believe in single heroes. He believes in a body that can rise up together. That's why He put His Spirit in the body. Yes, it's true that there's single men and women that do great things for God. And that's amazing. However, they're dependent on the body. Each member dependent upon one another. That's how He made us. And when He made Adam, and I want us to understand this, when He made Adam, the first thing He did, He put him right in the presence. That means as the bird needs the sky and the fish needs the water, the man needs the presence. First thing He told, He made Adam to, to function well. He said, come and be in my presence. Second thing He told Adam to do, He says, go and work, Adam. A man that does not work is a dangerous man. Because God has signed us to work, men and women. We have, the work is not bad, but you have to enjoy your work. Come on, are you guys there? And living in a country, I understand where things are not as it's supposed to be. But you are not linked to the country that you live in. You're linked to a kingdom that you belong to. And if you belong to a kingdom that is part and partial of who you are, then it means it doesn't matter which country you live in, you can carry the favor of the Lord because you belong to a kingdom that doesn't run out. Come on, do I have somebody here with me? It is true I am in South Africa, but I belong to a kingdom that has no trouble and no governance issues. And even though I'm walking in South Africa, I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm a son and daughter of God. I've got royalty running in my veins. I'm a royal priesthood. Come on, guys. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't act like a South African. I act like a kingdom citizen in South Africa. I have a passport that tells me I'm a kingdom citizen. And I have an identity cover that tells me I am a South African. Are you guys there? Are you with me? And so this morning I want to exhort you. God told Adam, He said, go work, brother. Go work. God loves people that are working because that's how He designed us. You'll need, you'll need, no, maybe I mustn't say that. I want to say sometimes we are so adopting to a, a society or a, almost a super spirituality that we become lazy. No, Adam, God said to Adam, go and work. Are you there? So first thing for, for a healthy family, be in the presence. Second thing, go and work. Go and work. Go and work. I believe Christians should be the example and the model of excellence when it comes to work. We should be able to enjoy our work. We should be able Monday to Saturday to work and then rest. Because God designed it six days, He worked the seventh day, He enjoyed His work and He rested. Are you there? But Sundays are not the days to sleep late. Sundays is the days to bring your family to the household of God and to say, come, we're gonna serve the Lord. Come on, I, I have a problem and I'll say it because, uh, and you can love me or like me or not like me and love me, neither do I care about. The, the point is that if you're a husband that tells your family, get your clothes out, we're gonna go to church. You're creating a godly pattern and that pattern shows your family that you fear the Lord. And so the men that are here, you can give yourself a round of applause because you are showing 
that you fear the Lord first. Well, I, I find it dangerous and I don't find it religious. I just find it dangerous for men that sleep late on a Sunday. Because if you sleep late on a Sunday, you show that you think that rest can bring more rest than to be in the present. It's not true. You find rest in the presence. You can say, oh, but we're tired. No, bring your family. You're going to be refreshed in the presence. As you worship the Lord, you can say, oh, but I don't feel like it. Well, there's other people that feel like it. And as you get in a, in a crowd like this and other people are worshiping, suddenly you're going to worship with. And what's going to happen to your spirit, your spirit's going to be lifted high. And suddenly you're going to walk out of this place differently than the way you walked in. Why? You worship with the body of believers. There's power when brethren dwell together. Don't let that pillow win your destiny. I'll say it again. Don't let the pillow win your tomorrow. Look to the ant and be diligent. Come on guys, are you there? The third thing the Bible says that God told Adam, and this is long before, long before Eve comes ever onto the scene. He tells, he tells Eve, he tells Adam, he says, Adam, cultivate. Cultivation means improvement. It means whatever comes to a man, a man must be able to improve. I'll say it again. Whatever comes to a man, a man must be able to improve it. That means, and this is very important that you understand that. Long before, ladies, and I want to help every single one of you here. Long before you can consider even a man. Long before you can even look at a man. Question number one, are you in love with the presence? Because if he doesn't love the presence, he cannot love you. Because he's going to love the presence first. And through the presence, He's going to love you. Because if I'm, a, if I'm a husband here, and my wife is here, and this is a triangle, how do, I, how do I draw closer to her? So if I'm here and Shannon is there, how can I draw closer to Shannon? Do I live my life like this? If I try to live my life like this, I'm telling God, I'm finding my identity in my spouse. You cannot find your identity in your spouse. They did not made you. I want to find my joy in my spouse. It's impossible. They are not the source of joy. No, if God is there and Shannon is there and I'm here, how we draw closer to one another is we both go closer to God. Because by going to the source, I automatically discover my partner. Are you there? I'm not saying don't have fun and don't have joy and don't have all of this. No, I'm saying for this thing to be whole, we have to go to the one that made it. God has got a blueprint. He's got a design. He knows how to keep you happy. He knows how to have you full of joy. But as soon as you look to your partner for your affirmation, I am here to tell you, your partner cannot affirm you. There's one that affirms you. His name is Jesus. And of course it is true that your partner affirms you too. But if you are just living by this affirmation, it can go up and it can go down. It can go up and it can go down. No, you look to the one that's constant yesterday, today and forevermore. You get your affirmation there. 
and you say to your husband and to your wife, listen, I will love you like he loves me because I'm a son and daughter before I'm a husband and before I'm a wife. I don't know if I'm talking to the right people here this morning, but I'm first a son. I am first a son, then I'm a husband. Because long before I was a husband, I was a son. So I can't now be, I'm a son first, then I am a husband, then I'm a father, then I am a prophet or a pastor or a writer or whatever. I'm always first a son. Because I have a father. Come on, are you there? And so the first thing that a man has to have is the presence. So don't look for a man that has a job. Look for a man that loves the presence. First thing, a man must love the presence. Second thing, a man must work. They must have a job. If I can advise any young people that are here or any single people that are here, when you sit that brother down, when you sit that lady down, listen to me. Uh, Don't ask him the questions because many times when we want to get partners, we become all spiritual. Come on guys, are you okay? We're like, oh no, I had seven visitations and 15 dreams and 12 this. Listen, the dream and the seven visitations is not gonna pay at the end of the month. No, but pastor, I, I had 12 visions that this is my wife. Do you have a work? Uh, no, the angels appeared to me. Do you have a work, brother? Because unless you have a work, you cannot improve that lady. And I'm sorry, God is a good, good father. He will not give you anything that you cannot improve. And you, by the way, have got no business with anybody unless you find a work. So find a work, get going. Then we talk about getting a woman. Okay, that was a good place to say, man. Unless you do this, I'm telling you, at the end of the month, you're gonna sit and look at God and be angry at God, like, God, why why didn't you pay our bills? No, you're not thinking. So the first thing, love the present. Second thing, get a job. Third thing, cultivate. Cultivation, again, I say, means improvement. Now listen to me this morning. The Bible says it is a man that leaves his house, not the girl. The Bible does not say a woman leaves the house. The Bible says a man leaves the house. Why does a man leave the house? Very simple and I want to encourage you this morning. And why am I talking about this? Because the first group of people that you need to disciple is your home. The first person you should disciple, gentlemen, is your wife. The first place that your servitude is going to be tested is your wife. Now, but I'm going to serve the church. Can you serve your wife? Now, I'm going to serve my boss. Can you serve your wife? First person that you will need to show submission to is to a wife. As she shows submission to you. Because the last time I checked, the Bible didn't say men must lord over. Say it again. Men don't need to lord over their women to be a man. Okay, it's going quiet. Men, 
You don't need to lord over your woman to be a man. You don't need another cook. You don't need somebody else that washes your clothes. You had a mom once. My door is that way, so I can get out of here quickly. Sometimes, what is this fallacy that we say, no, but she must do everything. I'm a man. Where do you get that? Show me that in the Bible, please. Scripture I read tells me about a king that was a husband. And he's still a husband. And he shows servanthood. He shows humility. He shows how much he loves by dying for his wife. It's called covenant people. By the way, if you treat your woman like a queen, she won't mind bringing the food. She'll iron that clothes, brother, like you can't believe she can iron that clothes if you love her, if you hold her, if you caress her. But she, I want to remind all the men here, for all the men that have been abusive to ladies, listen to me, I'm going to help this morning. You must know that she's somebody's daughter. And you might think, oh, I wonder if this is Kuis Labaskachni's daughter. No, 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 it's God's daughter. Quickly throw for me 1 Peter 3 verse number 7. Listen, I'm on nobody's side here. I'm correcting stuff in the Spirit. The Gospel is on nobody's side. It just speaks truth. 1 Peter 3 7 please. Husbands, husbands, husbands. Please note it doesn't say men. Because husbandry means I need to work it. I need to improve it. Likewise, dwell with them with understanding. That word understanding there is a word that I, that I don't like in the Bible. Because that word understanding means you have to understand your wife spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And can I just say it publicly? If you know all of that, please come and tell us. It's a mystery. The giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Many men are not getting the breakthrough because what they should treat as a queen, they treat as a subject. So they go to God. God says, I won't listen to you. He goes, la, 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 la. Says, treat my daughter right. Then come to me. Ladies that are here, I want to say to you this morning, you don't get your affirmation in the arms of a man. You get your affirmation in the Lord your God. I want to encourage you this day, if a man has devalued you, Go and find your value again in the Lord your God. And up that price tag. Make yourself so expensive that it's difficult for somebody to find you. 
Make yourself so expensive that that brother must fall in love of the presence to get you again. Go and hide yourself in the shadow of the Almighty. Go and hide yourself. I'm telling you, go and hide yourself in the Lord. So as that brother is coming after you, he needs to go and find Jesus all the way before he can find you. And God wants to redeem families, I tell you. He wants to redeem families because men can be the catalyst. Men can shift their children's lives. Men can shift their wives. They, they can shift them. Men are made to be shifters. You can shape a, a, a whole family. You can shape a whole community if you stand and know your God. Gentlemen, I'm encouraging you and I'm exhorting you. It's time to be who you are and to rise up. I want to help the men. And I want to say this. The problem is we've had, unfortunately, we've had a generation of fathers that weren't that in tune of their emotions. Our fathers weren't the ones that they, they didn't have a lot of words. Right? But they knew how to work. They knew how to take care of their families. And many of them were real men of integrity. Come on, are you there? Now 2023 has come. Suddenly you need to be connected to your own emotions. Suddenly you need to know that you are the provider. And men are facing challenges that they've never faced before. Never faced before. And society is making a demand on men that they've never had before. And now why many men are discouraged, let me tell you. It's because as much as they are trying to create and provide, they've got women that criticize us and are critical and that demasculate them and take away who they are. And there are many women, they use their mouth like swords. They cut their men. And they're actually servants of the accuser. Because they've never learned to love their husbands with their tongue. And what's worse, the kids hear it. And the kid says, it's okay to have disrespect. It's okay to attack one another. And what we're modeling, we're modeling brokenness. We're not modeling the Bible. Now we wonder why our kids are messed up. It's because it started with us. Your children, the society cannot educate your children. That's your responsibility. You can't drop your kid off at a school and say the school must educate. No, the school learns them books. You teach them life. Don't switch responsibilities. Don't say it's a school's job. No, it's your job. Come on, guys. I'm telling you, God wants to redeem families. But there's a way, and I, and I love you. If I, if, I, if, I, if I didn't love you, I will not tell you the truth. I will tell you things that your ears like to hear. But we're living in a society right now. Can I help everybody? Please listen to me for the next few seconds. I want you to listen to me attentively now. 
You're living in a society right now. This society is demanding your attention. It demands your time. It demands your attention. You sit of young people, moms, dads, listen to me for 30 seconds. You sit of young people, they're crying out for affirmation. They're crying out to know who they are. They're crying out to understand how they've been called. And if you are not going to provide that affirmation, and if you are not going to be the voice of love, they're going to find it somewhere else. I can drive around in these streets. I see how many young people are walking around. I can tell you they're looking for affirmation. They are looking for identity. And they're looking for purpose. Dads that are here, if you have daughters, hug your daughters. Hold your daughters. Tell them how beautiful they are. Tell them, it's not perversion. Tell them, you're beautiful. You're awesome. You're amazing. Look how beautiful you are. Affirm them. Because if you don't affirm them, some cheapskate with a 30 rand haircut is gonna come along the way. And he's gonna affirm that girl. No, Father, you affirm that girl. You hold her. You say, you're my princess. You're worth a thousand rubies and more. And you take that girl's value up. Come on. I'm telling you, there's a youngster of demons, of hormones inside of him that is looking for an opportunity to rob the destiny of your daughter. That is why it's your responsibility to love them passionately. If you have a boy, tell that boy of yours, you don't find your identity in drugs. You don't find your identity in sex. You don't find your identity in pornography. No, treat women well. I'll say it again. Treat women well. Come on, Dad. We need to model it to our children. We need to take the sun and taste the sun. Come, open mom's door. Treat women well. It's not happy wife, happy life. It's find yourself in God. Have a whole life with your wife. And serve the Lord. Why did I say all the above? I'm tired of seeing so many brokenness in people. And before we blame the devil, let's just go back to the family. We accredited the devil way too much. Say it was Satan. Satan stole this. Satan stole that. No, 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 no. Let's let's correct many things. We gave up our responsibility when we stopped being obedient to the Bible. And when we stopped being obedient to the Bible, we gave the authority to the devil. It's not the devil. We gave the responsibility over. So the place that your pillow won your tomorrow, it's not the devil's mistake. You're spending more money than what you're supposed to. It's not the devil's mistake. It's called bad stewardship. You working too much, not spending time with your family, and then getting the job but losing your family, that's not called success, it's called stupidity. 
Come on, guys. What does it, what does it help you to gain the whole world, yet lose your soul? Can say this morning, yes, I've never, nobody's spoken so honestly to me. Well, it's time. We have taught people, and I'll end of this. We have taught people, if you are spiritual, that's enough. It's not enough. Because you are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. You need to look care, take care of all three dimensions. Are you there? Let me help people because I want to bring balance in what I've just said. If you want to work hard, work hard. I work very hard. But put boundaries in place. Boundaries are not bad. It keeps you safe. Are you there? Come on, guys. Are you with me? Got much more to say, say to you, but I, I feel it's almost enough that you can bear. It starts with you changing the, the conversation in your family. It starts of you rising up and saying, you know what? This day we're going to start this one of prayer. It starts of you shifting and saying, us as a family, we're going to worship God. It starts of you. One good man can shift his whole family. One praying woman can shape the destiny of everything in a family. I want to encourage you lastly, maybe with these words. Revival looks like family. So ladies, I want to give you an assignment. This is your assignment. Tell your husband, even if he's not yet what you want him to be, let your tongue be assigned to his future. And speak to him as is already the future. And what you're going to do, you're going to uplift his gift and his talents. And suddenly he's going to start to believe that he can do what you say. Because the worst thing you can do for a man is to have the tongue of the accuser and to break him down. Because what he will do, he will already feel condemned. And through your tongue, you'll break him into the ground. And what he'll do, he'll do one or two things. He'll lose himself with his friends. He'll lose himself in secret sin. Or he'll go and lose himself in the arms of another woman. But he would want his affirmation and he's going to get it. Because he's been made like that. What he doesn't know is his only affirmation is in the Lord his God. So be the voice of God in his life. And encourage him. Say, come. You can do it. I see you standing up early in the morning. Thank you for standing up early in the morning. I see you working hard. Thank you for working hard for this family. When that husband comes home, say, hey, it's awesome that you're here. Thank you for being here. I'm telling you that you'll have a whole other husband. Men, if you want your woman to look in a certain way, you can't just expect something if you don't pay for it. If you want your girl to look like a model, then brothers stand up six o'clock on a Saturday morning, say, honey, we're gonna run. And you run, but you run with that girl. If you say, my, uh, my sweetheart, I want your hair to look like this, then book the booking, brother. 
pay for the pay for the hair and get it done. You say, I want the nails to look like this, then pay for the nails. If you want the face to look like that, then pay for it. But don't make a demand on something you don't supply. Remember, you are the source. Last advice I'll give you. Don't try to impress people. All the young people that are here, don't worry about cars and all this stuff. Now wear that same t-shirt for five years. Save, invest. And suddenly one day you come out. People are like, where were you? Are you the guy with that same t-shirt? Yeah. Because most people fake success. No, be successful silently. Oh, come on, give Jesus some praise. My greatest discovery in the Lord is this. One of my greatest, one of the greatest discoveries I've found in the Lord is this. God does not fulfill my needs. He fulfills my wants. I'll say it again. God does not fulfill my needs. He fulfills my wants. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added unto you. So that promises me if I seek Jesus first, He says, I will fulfill your needs. But He doesn't just fulfill my needs. He fulfills my wants. What is my wants? My wants is my dreams, my thoughts, my ambitions, and that's what my heart desires. God fulfills that too. Because He's not the head of an orphanage house. He's a father that wants the best for you. So as much as what you are dreaming about, I want to stay in this, I want to buy this, you have a father that's dreaming for you. And let me correct the theology in everybody's hearts this morning. The Father that you serve has a Son called Jesus, which is your Lord and your Savior. This Lord and Savior has said the following words. He said, I'm going away and I'm coming back for you. And I'm preparing a place for you that your mind cannot imagine and your heart cannot perceive that that I'm preparing for you. In other words, there's a life coming that is so marvelous, so supernatural, so extraordinary. It has got... You can't even imagine it. So in this life, I want to provoke you. Never settle for average. Settle for the best. You are kingdom kids. You are kingdom kids. You are kingdom kids. But love the Lord and you'll see He'll, he'll be ambitious in His providing. Because you love Him first. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Ten seconds. I'm done. Revival looks like family. Revival looks like family. I want to encourage you this morning, as I started off this, this service this morning, I felt the Lord say to me, I'm going to break the chain. I'm going to break the pattern. But God needs somebody to say yes. just need somebody somebody that says yes I'll tell you a testimony and then I'll I want you to respond to the spirit of the Lord so I was young I got out of school I said to my dad you know what I, I don't want to study I want to have a gap year <laughs> my 
my dad said, what's, what's, what's the gap here? I said, no, I want to have a gap. He said, there's no. He said, if, even if I have a beard as long as this, you'll have degrees and you'll be educated. There's no gap. Go and study. Before I went to heaven, I had enough degrees then. I have enough. Let's just leave it there. The point is, somebody needed to take a stand. And this morning, the Lord wants you to make a stand. I remember before I met Shannon, I met another lady. Brought her home. My mom said, no. I was like, yeah, it's a bit rough. She said, listen, you're going to mess up your destiny. You're going to mess up your tomorrow. What are you doing? I was like, but... The first time my dad saw Shanna, he said, that's your wife. Just leave all of these others. Get married, please. Quickly. And you know what? Looking back, 18 years, lacquer, awesome marriage. Thank you, mom. But somebody took a stand. I'm just telling you out of my own life. You are the one that can make a stand in your family. You are the one that can say, poverty has run here until it's run into me. You can say, sickness has run here until it's met somebody that has a faith in the Lord that is undeniable, unchangeable, unwavering. Oh, come on. It has to start with somebody that makes a stand. Are you there? And so I'll leave you with this thought this morning. Will you be that somebody? Will you be the one that makes a stand and say, before I love Netflix, I'm going to love my Bible. Before I go hang out with my friends, I'm going to hang out with my wife. Will you be the one that makes a stand? That's you this morning. I want to pray for you. You say, that's me. I want to make the stand. And you need, I don't need to motivate you. You can just say, that's me. And then let your feet do the faith and stand. Say, Lord, here am I. It starts with me. Come on, guys. You are awesome, by the way. Power Church. But I want to provoke you to destiny. I want to provoke you to greatness. Because it's inside of you. This morning, won't you lift your hands to God? And let's go to the master, the one that has called us, the one that is faithful yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change, nor does He waver, nor does He shift like shadows. So pray. Let's pray together as a family this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, we need Your grace. We need Your empowerment. We need Your enablement. Lord Holy Spirit, the chains breaks today. The change happens with me. I am the catalyst of faith. I am the catalyst of change. It starts with me. And in this day, I choose to love you 
with all of my heart. Lord Jesus, help me in this day. Assist me in this day. Like no other time in my life. Lord Jesus, empower me by your Spirit to live for you boldly, freely, in Jesus' name. Now, just the keys changing. I want to pray very specifically. I want to break off voices that's been spoken over your life. Father, this morning, I pray over every son and daughter that is here. Lord, I break the power of voices that have declared to them an alternative future. I break the voices of abuse. I break the voices that told them they're not good enough. I break the voices that said they are not manly enough, woman enough. I break the voices of divorce. We break the voices of silence and accusation and isolation. We break the voices of the accuser of your people in this morning, my Father. And Lord, in this day, we break every power in the name of Jesus. We break the power of abs absent fathers. We break the power of absent mothers. We break the power of the voice of the accuser over the lives of your people in this day, in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we declare of your people a fresh voice of freedom, of deliverance, and of wholeness in this day. We declare of your people that they will move into a season of victory and in freedom in this day, in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I call into being that that was not to come into life in this day, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I speak over every single person that's in this place looking for a man or a lady looking for a man or a man looking for a woman. Father, I want to ask you in this day that you will assign the right people to them in Jesus' mighty name. That they will not waste time, nor waste effort, nor waste any form of energy. But in this day that they will find the Lord their God and that they will find a godly spouse in Jesus' name. Lastly, Father, in this day, we want to break off every form of being an orphan. And we want to declare over your people, they are not orphans, but they are sons and daughters of the Most High God. This is their identity. This is their destiny. This is who they are. And so we declare it over your people in this day, in Jesus' mighty name. And all of Empower says, Come on, give Jesus a massive shout of praise this morning. Come on. Come on, let's just give Jesus another 30 seconds of loud, loud praise. Come on, Empower, lift up the name of your God. I want to do one more thing this morning. As husbands and wives are here together, if you're here with your wife, if you're here with your husband, I want to pray for the us to be restored in your family. Bible says, let us make man in our image. The us of heaven has got authority. It's got power. 
all the men and the women that are here as Shannon comes to join me. I want you just to grab your wife's hand. If you're here with your spouse and keep on standing, please. I want you just to hold hands of the person with your spouse. And as you hold hands, I want you to lift those hands into the air. Come on. All the married couples. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Pray with me, church. Say with me, Father, we thank you for the covenant of marriage. Father, restore the us. Restore the unity in our marriage. Restore the beauty of the Trinity in our marriage. Father, we choose today to serve one another, to love one another as Christ loves the church. Father, lead us by your Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I want as you can sit as married couples, all the people in this building this morning that you are looking for, trusting God for a godly spouse, I want you to stand. By the way, Rechard's number here in front is here. <laughs> Listen, do you believe? I remember a day that my dad prayed and it happened. Do you believe that the Lord can, can send you your spouse? Okay, let's trust Jesus together. Come on, let's trust Jesus. Father, as a father this morning, I want to pray, Lord, over every son and daughter in this place. Heavenly Father, you know what perfectly fits them. You know how you've called them. You know what you've placed inside of them. You know their gifts. You know their talents. You know the assignment. So my Father, I want to pray in this morning that you will send them their godly spouses in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I want to pray that they will not waste time, nor effort, nor any energy, nor money. But Lord, that you will not let them waste time, but that they'll find their spouse in Jesus' name. This we pray not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus, send the spouses. This we pray. Now there we are, save me. Father, I receive the season of receiving my spouse in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Last group of people I want to pray for. If you are trusting Jesus for reconciliation, if you are serving the Lord yourself and your husband is not serving or your wife is not serving the Lord, you're trusting Jesus for that, I want you to stand please. I want to pray with you. Come on, the only thing that you are seeing this morning is a diversity in the body. Let's trust Jesus together. Come on, let's pray, church. Father, we want to thank you that this morning 
I can pray over all of these precious people. The Lord, that in this day, reconciliation, restoration, and recompense happens in Jesus' mighty name. I want to thank you, Father, that the restoration that they are seeking is in Jesus. Lord, I want to pray that husbands and wives will serve the Lord their God. I want to pray, Lord, that you will step into these families dynamically, fervently, and quickly. And that every single one of them will find wholeness in Jesus' name as they serve you, my God. Lord, I pray that the time that the enemy has used to waste their time, to waste the spaces of their hearts, and Lord, to, to deter the potential that is inside of them, may this time now be called to an end in Jesus' name. But Lord, I pray over all of them, restoration in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen, amen and Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give Jesus just some praise. There we are. I want to encourage you lastly, as we are going to honor the Lord now with our giving, I want, to, I want to encourage you this morning that we are in a season where um, we're in a season where we're going to advance what the Lord is busy doing. And you would have seen that slide. I put that up and you guys could just put it up maybe for a second this morning. Now I want to ask you this morning as Empowered Church, we have a big family in Pretoria. We have a big family that is shaping in Cape Town. We have a big family that is shaping in, in Durban. And the Lord has been good to us. But we need to go to that step further now, that step beyond. Amen. And I want to encourage you this morning as you honor the Lord with your tithing and your giving. Won't you honor the Lord in your tithing and your giving as well as we advance what we do as a church? Guys, we are not dreaming just to have full churches. We have had that by the grace of God. I'm dreaming for this community. I want to see this community shift. I want to see this whole community change because we are here. You say that's impossible. Well, I don't think God knows that word. He's just looking for somebody to say yes to Him. And so this morning, as you honor the Lord, we don't bless God of our money. We honor God of our money. Here at this church, you must know this is fruitful soil. And I'm not going to motivate why you need to give. You have to understand, if you don't give, you're robbing your own future. If you don't tithe, you're stealing from God. It is simple. The Word of the Lord declares it. And we will not play around with that in this church. You have to know your giving speaks to the Lord. And it shares that you are a partaker of the kingdom of God. So don't be a thief. Amen. But as you part in this morning with us and all the details will be available, I want to ask you to honor the Lord of your giving. And I want you to be a person this morning that says uh, with me that we believe that God has called us to greater things. Amen. And Father, I want to pray this morning for every single person. I thank you, Lord. I provoke inside of them the greatness of God. I provoke inside of them, Lord, that destiny and calling that you have inside of them. Lord, I provoke inside of their hearts, Lord Jesus, that they will believe, Lord, that you are setting them up. I pray this morning, Father, that there will be such a movement in their lives. Lord, that right in this moment, even all that is under the sound of my voice, that they will know, Lord, that they know that you have called them to great heights. Father, I provoke a greater destiny this morning in the name of Jesus the Christ. We pray and all God's people say, 
Amen and amen. It's time to give to the Lord. And uh, it, you are welcome to stand up and to do so cheerfully. Here in the front you can give. There at the back you guys can give. All the giving details will be on the stage. And as you do so, bless you as you do so. And thank you for being partakers in this church as you give. <laughs> 